0: I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic chocitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto-matched with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win (laughs) too. Process over results bitch go crazy go, go, go. i don't know which one of these my baby uh, bust out ap call spot cool. bullets to your head like kd bust it bust it bitch go bust it go. and i have 10 pipes with me in yeah. russia hey everyone was i muted there for a second weird was i muted at the top of the show when i did my cold open too i must have been muted when i did my cold open Jeez, just a rookie mistake. I came in early to start the show, um, got myself all settled, got all my tabs set up here. And then I left it muted because I ran upstairs to you know get another pot of coffee and then realized I did a cold open muted, which is really just a metaphor for uh, how Sunday went. And uh, it's great to get started on the right foot. But you know what? Um, here, let me redo my cold open since people people were deprived of it. Let me do it. The highs, the lows, the winners, the losers. We're going to recover it all on today's portfolio review. That's basically what I said. I know some of you lip readers out there already knew that's how the cold open started. Let's, let's recenter ourselves. Let's try to get going on the right foot. I'll, I'll start the only way I know how to properly start, and that's by pouring some coffee and feeding the ducks. All right. Here we go. All right. The ducks are being fed, and now I have a fresh pot of coffee here all right there's our coffee the mic is working testing one two three testing one two three all right I think we're good now I think we're good um if you're new to the portfolio review in addition to starting the show with our mic muted what we generally do here is we walk through my DFS lineups I normally am playing one or two lineups in the single entry contest on DraftKings, mainly the Spy in the Red Zone. Then we will look at the Deposit Kingdom. That's a rake-free uh, weekly league. This week, we had a very nice 420 entries. And there, we'll check out the top teams. Then we'll head over to Underdog. We will look at the Dog Bowl, the, uh, the live final qualifier uh, that we've all been chasing. We'll check out my Battle Royale entries where uh, I got pretty dusted. Thank you, Tony Pollard, for that. And then we'll also do a little review of the overall Best Ball Mania portfolio. We have 150 entries in that contest, and it's always fun to check out and see how those teams are doing. But let's start here at the top. And, oh, I should also mention we have the giveaway that we're going to do at the end of the show, too. So... Whoever correctly guessed in the comments who is going to be in the winning DraftKings Millionaire Maker lineup on the Friday show with JM uh, is going to be entered in a giveaway to win a free one-week season sub for the rest of the year. There was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of you who correctly got it right. There was a couple of Brees Halls. There was one AJ Brown, one Trey McBride, and one Seattle defense. Only one person guessed a defense and they guessed it correctly. Seattle defense. So, um, I have two, uh, giveaways there. So you guys have about like a one in four, one in five shot at getting that. Um, but yeah, let's dive in and, uh, look at my main lineup here in the spy. Um, I had, two lineups both were built around the eagles and commanders game stack and you must be saying to yourself oh pete that game combined for 69 points surely you won all of the money going all in on sam howell and jalen hurts um no i didn't because all of the other pieces that weren't involved in that game absolutely dusted but let's recap these lineups here uh for the audio listeners this first team i rolled out was a jalen hurts uh alpha stack with AJ Brown. I did bring it back with Logan Thomas, who is my favorite uh, tight end play on the slate. Then I played uh, a little Houston block, Damian Pierce and Nico Collins. I had Jonathan Taylor as my other running back, Drake London and George Pickens as some one-off wide receivers I like, and then Packers defense here. So looking at Overall, at the lineup construction, um, ended up liking the percentages I got on a lot of these guys. Hertz, 14.8%. A.J. Brown and Nico Collins were the two most popular plays in my lineup, which I kind of expected. A.J. Brown comes in at 24.8%. Nico Collins at 25.7%. Then uh, I played Jonathan Taylor, who I thought would kind of be in check. He actually came in a little lower than the ETR projections had him at small field. Felt good about that play. At 14.2%, Damian Pierce at 7.9%. Um, Drake London at 8.4%, Logan Thomas 4.1%, George Pickens, 10.5%, um, just shy of his ownership projections around 12. And then Packers defense at 3.5%. So um obviously hit on the Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and Logan Thomas. But man, like just there's there's a lot of things that went wrong with this lineup, but the Logan Thomas wasn't a part that I felt went wrong, you know, getting the correlated bring back at 3,400 at 4% and getting 16 points from him. The problem is, is when the chalk tight end goes for 25 points, it doesn't matter. And when the best tournament tight end, George Kittle, goes for whatever, 25, 30 points too, it doesn't matter. So that that very satisfying Logan Thomas play at 1 p.m., yeah, it doesn't matter when Trey McBride and George Kittle bury you. The Jonathan Taylor play was frustrating in that he had like, what, 98 yards at halftime and then just didn't play at all the second half. I don't know if anyone in the chat uh, saw anything about Jonathan Taylor being injured. I truly do not know what happened because then Zach Moss got absolutely fed in the second half. He had the touchdown. um, And we also on the morning cram, we had put together the pick'em had jonathan taylor i think it was higher than 17 and a half receiving yards he didn't get uh he only had one reception there for two receiving yards so kind of a bizarre run out for jonathan taylor like if you would have told me heading into the game that there was going to be you know some 60 points plus points scored in this game i would have felt very good about jamming jonathan taylor uh but he did not get there 10.7 points especially when he's in the same range as alvin Kamara who went nuclear again. um, And obviously the Brees Hall chalk did as well. So I knew I was sidestepping the Brees Hall chalk in this lineup. And uh, you're going to get the blade when, when Brees and Kamara go for what they did. And Jonathan Taylor puts up a snowflake worthy 10.7. The Texans block, I think is, is definitely worth discussing. You know, I kind of, I guess you could say i kind of middled it you know jam was talking a lot about wanting to attack this panthers team on the ground but i also was very much uh interested in attacking them through the air i thought both nico and tank were great plays i thought because i felt there was a lot of steam on the cj stroud double stacks um i thought playing one of them with pierce would be a unique block and just saying hey what if all of the production condenses around one of the receivers and then damian pierce has a couple touchdowns and salts the game away uh in the second half um that thesis was looking maybe okay at times damian pierce i mean you want I, i i'm pretty good at not tilting i tilted that damian pierce touchdown they called back so hard uh that was in the first quarter right they get down he punches it in it's a fucking mass ball of humans at the goal line that they called a touchdown for him and then they overturn it i thought you had to have damning evidence to overturn a call they're showing like the clips of it you could barely even see him in the pile it's like you called it a touchdown how's that not a touchdown they overturn it and someone named andrew beck someone named andrew beck comes in and punches it in with some fullback dive then damian pierce got down to the one later in the game he should have had two touchdowns it wouldn't have mattered though because nico collins didn't do anything there was 28 combined points in this game um it seems like you guys were uh very uh upset about that as well um yeah but the the thesis of the damian pierce play was that carolina or sorry that houston was going to Uh, have a really positive game script the whole game, playing from ahead, not needing to throw as much, and then Damian Pierce would be the big beneficiary. And so, you know, if you get those other two touchdowns, if they get the right game script, um, you could have seen Damian Pierce getting there. Um, But again, looking at like the 1v1s, I played Jonathan Taylor over Alvin Kamara. uh, Awful. Uh, I played Damian Pierce instead of Gus Edwards. How did that turn out? Um, I had actually looked at this lineup. Uh, because Damian Pierce and Nico Collins were a comparable price point to Gus Edwards and Zay Flowers and I'd actually ran the Sims on the solver looking at that um but I just didn't want to eat the Zay Flowers chalk obviously I could have played those two as uncorrelated done like Gus with Zay or I wouldn't have or sorry Gus with Nico I would have done uh Pierce with Zay, or sorry, I would have done Gus with Nico most likely because I didn't want to eat the Zay flowers chalk. But in these contests and looking at the Sims and we were looking at this on Friday or Saturday's DFS After Dark with Leone too, it really likes the teammate pairings with no bring back or quarterback, essentially getting in a secondary staff. Um, So I liked the idea of trying to capture as many points from the Texans in this spot. Um, Did not happen because the Texans combined for 13 points and Andrew Beck got one of the touchdowns. Um, George Pickens was pretty tilting. Um, he kind of got bailed out there. He had a pretty bad day. Just had that one receptions for 22 yards. I apologize to everyone who rolled out George Pickens after I flag planted him, uh, as my gold star lock of the week on Sunday's cram. I liked this setup for him. Um, Deontay Johnson was earning targets at a high rate. You had Kenny Pickett leave the offense, just kind of a frustrating day all around for George Pickens. Had another pass deep down the field that should have been caught, that kind of got bobbled there. So disappointing there. Uh Drake London uh was in and out of the game with a groin injury. He did clear our four reception uh number that we included in our pick'em slip. But yeah. I was, uh, I was off my game with my one-off plays. Uh, I like the setup for Drake, London and George Pickens in this mid range. I like the percentages that they came in at, um, and kind of the volume that they're offering at discounted prices and ownership. Um, but neither of them get there nor does my, uh, Houston block. So we say GG and move on. Um, the other lineup I rolled out because I was really waffling back and forth, paying up or down. At quarterback, And I said, you know what? I love this game. Let's roll out another lineup that's built around the same Commander's Eagles game. But let's use Sam Howell and take those, you know, $3,000 in savings from Jalen Hurts dan- down to Sam Howell. So this was the second uh, main lineup I rolled out here. I uh, did get a min cash with this one in the red zone. Um, it was a Sam Howell double stack to Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. And then I did a double bring back here. And I did DeAndre Swift and Devontae Smith. I had lock button, Jonathan Taylor, George Pickens um, as two of my main plays. And then in this lineup, I basically was able to use the savings on going down from Sam Howell or going from Hertz to Howell to get up to Christian McCaffrey in my flex. um, And then ended up hunting it off at defense with the Cardinals defense, apparently I should have punted it uh, with the Broncos defense who ended up being the pay down defense to use yesterday. Um, But yeah, this lineup, again, thinking about You know, one thing I'm trying to do this year is be way more conscious of the type of lineups um, that I put in different contest sizes. So in the bigger spy with 5000 plus entries, I had more of the one offs, the Drake London, um, the George Pickens here. I did the double bring back saying I'm going to pit four players from this game instead of three or sorry, five players from this game instead of three. Being that, what if I just have to get less things right? Um, And I I did a pretty good job getting the things right from this block. Howell goes for 34.98 points at 3% ownership. McLaurin gets that touchdown, 17 points at 17% ownership. Another Logan Thomas play at sub, sub 5%. And then in this one, I did want to get one Devontae Smith play in here. Obviously, just bringing about... Bringing it back with AJ Brown uh, would have been better, but Devontae Smith at 7%, going for 23 points here was nice. And then DeAndre Swift, kind of a ho hum game here he gets to 14.4 points so slightly better than uh Jonathan Taylor but again not outpacing Alvin Kamara and Brees Hall and the other chalkier or running back options um and then yeah the other plays here did get up to McCaffrey who was only 15 percent um I liked getting him in especially seeing all the steam that was coming on the Niners passing game tons of interest on Purdy Kittle and Iuke so I thought McCaffrey might get squeezed a little bit there he gets nearly 30 points there at this. 15% and then in this lineup I did I didn't have the money to get up to the Vikings and the Packers defensive plays which were kind of my preferred defenses but I thought um playing the Cardinals at home here against Baltimore maybe get a Lamar turnover or something basically hoping for the game that the Broncos had against the Chiefs But with the Cardinals here, um, that doesn't pan out. I do eke out a min cash here, uh, 158 points. Um, But yeah, disappointing. You know, when you're hitting on the Sam Howell, you know, four TD game where he throws for 400 yards and all you can do is salvage a min cash, um, it's disappointing. But the running backs really sunk me when you have Kamara and Brees Hall as chalk really separating. And then, like I said, with George Kittle and Trey McBride as the chalk tight ends, it just wasn't going to happen. Let's quickly look at the team that won the big spy. Um, They did have, oh man, I think someone mentioned this lineup to me in the Discord yesterday and I actually hadn't had a chance to look at it yet. It's a naked Sam Howell. So you got a naked Sam Howell. You play the two chalk running backs, Kamara at 36%, Brees Hall at 58%. Then you get um, A.J. Brown is the bring back. Tyree Kill um, at 9,500, 5.6%. 5. Jordan Addison at 10.2%. Then double tight end Trey McBride and David Njoku. No correlation with David Njoku. Just a a one-off, double tight end David Njoku in the flex. And then you hit Broncos defense at 2,000. You know, it's, it's every other week. You know, sometimes I look at these lineups and we'll look at the, let's look at the winning Millie Maker lineup in a second too. Because that lineup was very logical. I was like, I might have in some scenarios been able to make a lineup like that. I look at a naked Sam Howell lineup. I'm like, there's just no way. There's no, no, no way whatsoever. Um, let's see here. Tyler, can we take a moment to victory lap the Brees haters saying he'd be a bust and back up, yada, yada? Yeah, the, the Brees haters are down bad. Um, Brees Hall um, rips off that big receiving TD. Um, actually didn't get a ton going on the ground, but that's kind of the whole thesis of the Brees Hall play, right? That those checkdowns, any play he can take to the house. Um, you know, Brees Hall looking like Um, One of the better picks, especially after he fell all the way, what, to the late fourth round? Weren't some of you guys getting him even early fifth round in some of those underdog drafts? And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think one of the big takeaways too. you know, Brees Hall is a very good example of betting on talent and also realizing that the way medical staffs and coming back from these injuries now it's just not as insurmountable as it used to be these guys come back just as healthy as they ever were before the injuries And it feels like a comfy thing to be like, oh, he's coming off this injury. I can't draft him. And it's like, well, that's already baked into his ADP. We talked about it all offseason, right? If Brees Hall wasn't coming off that injury, first of all, he would have scorched the earth as a rookie, and he would have been a top six, top seven pick in drafts. So you're already getting the injury discount, but people wanted to double count it. They wanted to galaxy brain that Dalvin Cook was good or had anything left in the tank. And if you just bet on talent, you bet on the players that are actually explosive and have the potential to do damage with their touches, you're going to come out in the long run. So yeah, I think that was a pretty diplomatic uh, victory lap on Freeze Hall. Um, I'm I'm very uh, reticent to, uh, to dunk too hard because I have my share of whiffs. But speaking of my share of whiffs, how about Quentin Johnston last night? Uh, I didn't watch the game, but just seeing he had five targets or five receptions, I was like, thank God almighty, he is alive. And they were even scheming up QJ, some targets near the line of scrimmage, which is the whole point of the QJ play. He's supposed to be like Brandon Ayuk in that offense, get him some quick hitters, let him do some stuff after the catch. So hello, Kellen Moore, congratulations. You finally started to figure out how to use your first round wide receiver. Um, all right, we got G Major with the Super Chat. Thanks for everything. I placed second in the NFL 30K triple option, three entry max. You and JM's content helped me build the lineup. Thanks, bro. That is awesome to see. Congratulations, G Major. It seemed like on the whole, the Deposit Kingdom didn't have as good of a week as we've had in previous weeks, uh, but glad to hear that some of you were still taking down some big prizes there. Um, all right, let's see here. Um I did want to just look at the Millie maker lineup real quick. I don't know if I pulled that up. Um, let me pull this up here real quick. And then we'll also move on and check out the deposit kingdom contest. But I do want to just get the, uh, the Millie maker up here because it was a very, um, I thought just logical lineup that won there. Let's see here. So the winning Millie maker lineup Jasper here, 237.66, um, you roll out a Dak Prescott double stack And what's crazy about this double stack. Let me drop my, how about there? Um, is that better? Um, Dak Prescott, uh, to actually, I'm going to shift myself over here. Why are, why are we struggling? There we go. We'll go small for this. Um, Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Just a very clean, logical double stack. You don't force the bring back. You know, Cooper Cup and Puka, they were fine plays, but they're expensive for forcing a bring back. You play the two best plays at running back from a points-per-dollar standpoint, the two chalk running backs, Alvin Kamara and Brees Hall. You play A.J. Brown, who just was in one of the best spots. He was our cover boy on JM's show on Friday. You play the best tight end value, Trey McBride, And then you get one leveraged piece. You play DeAndre Hopkins at 5,500 with Will Levis at 0.9% ownership and you get 37 points. And to me, this Millie Maker lineup is so encouraging to me because it is such a logical, normal lineup where you pull one uniqueness lever, like essentially one big lever, and you say DeAndre Hopkins is the one-off guy you need here the volume's going to be there. Maybe will Levis kickstart the offense. Spoiler alert. That's what happens. So I just like seeing this lineup because it's like, holy cow. This gives us all hope that we all too could build out a logically correlated lineup with the best plays. You pull one uniqueness lever and you ship the Millie. So uh, congratulations to Jasper there uh, on the nice team. Mm. I-, I don't even believe this is true. Kevin says he got 15th in the deposit kingdom with Zach Wilson. Normally we start with the winning lineup in the Deposit Kingdom League. No, 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 no. no. Not today. We are going to 15th place here. I want to see how in the hell Kevin rolled out a Zach Wilson lineup. I, you know what? This is so sick, but I kind of like it. Um, he wanted to play Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Um and, you know, there were other punt play quarterbacks I liked more. Obviously, I like Sam Howell. I was interested in Desmond Ritter a little bit. I thought Russell Wilson was vaguely interesting. Zach Wilson didn't ever cross my mind once, partly because I hated this game environment. It had a 36 and a half total, but Brees was an awesome play. And Garrett Wilson is always capable. Of, of getting loose for a big game which he does here six uh, or seven receptions for 100 receiving yards and also hits that bonus just barely gets that bonus and gets you the extra three points there but this you are sick dude you are absolutely sick Zach Wilson Brees Hall Garrett Wilson um, and you didn't even chalk it up that much around it you were pretty contrarian elsewhere uh, ETN at 10% you get Lamb at 3% Kirk 7% Kittle 25% uh, Tank 18 and you hit on Broncos defense I mean kevin you are flying so close to the contrarian sun here i'm kind of upset for you that you didn't win this tournament because when you hit on broncos defense garrett wilson Brees hall um i just want you to get paid off more um but congratulations you win the weekly galaxy brainer award with zach wilson let's check out uh m culker 89 897 here who took this down um had the dac double stack didn't have Gallup, but had the dac to cd lamb and jake ferguson play Kamara and swift you got McLaurin here as a uh, mini correlation with DeAndre Swift, Drake London as a one-off, which I liked. And then Michael Pittman correlated a little mini correlation there with Alvin Kamara and then Broncos defense. So the stone men here on the Broncos uh, defense ended up being a bit of a cheat code yesterday when you pay $2,000 and get 17 points. That works out pretty nicely. So congratulations to M. M. Calker. Uh Chicago fan here. Finished in second with a Joe Burrow double, premium double. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins bring it back with George Kittle. Um, That worked out pretty well, specifically with Burrow and Chase. You bring Higgins along for the ride. Um, Kittle goes nuclear for 26.9 points. And then, oh man, the other really nice play. And look at you guys. Almost 10% Rashid Shahid rostered in the Deposit Kingdom contest. Um, That's a super nice play there. Did a mini correlation with Josh Downs. And then correlated Travis Etienne with the Jags D. I do like that correlation there. And then knowing you were going to be pretty unique, played Brees Hall here at your other running back. Brees Hall in the Deposit Kingdom comes in at fifty six percent. So I always love looking at kind of the uh I don't know what it'd be like the the social experiment of how the Deposit Kingdom handles chalk. And it is filtered through the prism of the players we like. You know, when there's like chalk that we find gross or that we don't like as much in the deposit kingdom, we'll all collectively come in lower. But we all collectively love Brees Hall. So when it's Brees Hall chalk week, it's like, no, we're going over the the millionaire maker and the small field chalk. It's like, no, 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 we'll show you how much we like Brees Hall. Comes in at 56% here. Um, was there someone else who wanted me to look at their lineups? I think Colby was in the discord in the handbuilder said he wasn't going to be able to watch, uh, but mentioned his fifth place lineup here had the Jalen hurts to AJ Brown. Didn't force a bring back. Um, did play Trey McBride here. Uh, Kamara Brees Hall, that was the pairing you needed. You needed to chalk it up at running back yesterday. Um, Calvin Ridley at 10.2 percent doesn't kill you, six receptions, 83 yards. Josh Downs, same deal, 4,800 gets you 14.2. And then Kendrick Bourne here, uh, 12.9 percent gets 12.6 points. I am, um, I Kendrick Bourne was interesting to me. I really wanted to consider him, but when Juju, um was ruled in it gave me a little bit of pause on him just at that elevated price tag and wondering if the targets wouldn't quite be there and they kind of weren't he was down to only three receptions but did get that touchdown that kind of salvaged it and then vikings defense here so this is just a pretty solid lineup you hit on the hurts to aj brown and the chalk running backs and nothing else sinks your lineup um, Sean says, how did Pollard fail? Man, that was um, that was the most tilting thing for me on underdog yesterday as we kind of tab over here. Um, I made a pretty heavy stance on Pollard in Battle Royales. Uh, I was just taking him as basically my third pick um, every single time because he was available there. And I did think it was a spot I wanted to exploit and kind of get overweight the field. That didn't work out well. Uh, I got dusted yesterday in Battle Royale. I had 50 entries um, and uh, did not recuperate uh, my buy-ins at all there and had a very, let's see, let's go to my exposures here. Yeah. So Tony Pollard, these were my two big stands. I did Tony Pollard at 38% and Jonathan Taylor at 36%. And uh, you know, if I had just gone the other way and had those two stands be Brees Hall and Alvin Kamara, maybe I would be singing a different tune here. but. Um, You can see relative to my other exposures here, Brees Hall, Swift, Pierce. I mean, I was very spread out. I was like mega exploited on Pollard and Taylor, which was by design. I had mentioned this on off and on the clock on Friday that I wanted to tighten up my process for drafting these and be more overweight on a core set of plays, similar to how I am with my DraftKings lineups. And then when I am right, then hoping I have enough combinations mixed and matched around that. Uh, But I was not right yesterday. I was not right at all as uh, Tony Pollard was a disaster. Someone asked in the chat, how did Pollard fail? I I honestly don't know. Um, I I think I've I've heard all of the theories. Um, He's lost his explosiveness now that they're saddling him up with more touches. Um, They have no interest in force feeding him goal line carries. CeeDee Lamb was part of the game plan. I don't know. I really don't know. I saw Ian Harditz had a tweet uh, this morning. Tony Pollard has gone an NFL high 121 consecutive touches without a touchdown. And yesterday did feel like rock bottom as far as holy cow, the Cowboys go nuclear. You absolutely boat race the Rams at home. There's 40 plus points, right? how does tony pollard not get in the box once how does tony pollard just not give us a baseline level of usable production um yeah so i don't know i'll have to listen to the film grinders um look at the efficiency metrics try to figure out what's going on here but i'm right there with you sean uh tony pollard burned me yesterday pretty good pretty good let me go back here i do want to shout out uh T pasta here, uh, or TPA Stella. You know, this could be like an Ed Garvey, uh, uh, Edgar Bay situation here. Um, but congratulations on taking down the thirty thousand dollar top prize here. Just a very, um, again, I would consider logical lineup, right? So you take tyreek hill who falls to pick five, then you come back with AJ Brown who falls to pick eight. And this would be the part where he's getting a major GM-GM here, right? A.J. Brown did not fall to pick eight hardly at all. His ADP had settled right in the four to five range. So falling all the way back to eight and getting the Tyree Kill-A.J. Brown combo is pretty rare. Then comes back and gets CeeDee Lamb at pick 17. I think that's right around where his ADP was. You then grab uh, T.J. Hawkinson at pick 20. Um, Sounds about right. You then grab Dak Prescott for the stack. And then here you pull the one uniqueness lever, right? The millionaire maker on DraftKings pulled the DeAndre Hopkins lever. Um, Stella here pulls the Gus Edwards lever. Edwards, of course, ends up being our generation's Deontay Foreman from last week, goes for three touchdowns, and you get a one-off hidden gem here around an otherwise very logical lineup. Um, you you smash in all of the top wide receivers, Tyreek Kill, AJ Brown, you correlate Dak with CD, you get one of the top tight ends, and TJ Hawkinson, and then you say, this is far too chalky. There's going to be a lot of people who have this, or maybe not because of the AJ Brown-Tyree kill, but I still think you want to pull a uniqueness lever here, right? Um, Because uh, otherwise, the running back you're taking in the fifth, sixth round, it's going to be on 100% of the rosters, and it's going to be harder to lever your way up. So this is kind of a masterclass, I think, in Battle Royale drafting. If you get a super rare combo, specifically at the top, like this drafter did with A.J. Brown and Tyree Hill. You run to the podium, you lock in that unique combo that's not going to be frequented by the field, and you still scroll the F down at the end to make sure you're pulling multiple levers to get to first place. So I like this lineup a lot by Stella. Congratulations. My best lineup uh, will not surprise you included Jonathan Taylor. I did have a Dak Prescott to CeeDee Lamb stack, Devontae Smith. Um, I was basically drafting A.J. Brown or Devonte Smith uh, on virtually all of these lineups. Um, Dalton Schultz, really the dagger here. When I used Christian McCaffrey, I wasn't often pairing him with George Kittle. In fact, I was saying, you know, if I'm going to have a niner, uh, if I take CMC, I'm going to play it as if all the touchdowns and points condensed through him and then looking elsewhere for uh, for tight end production. So that one doesn't work out here. Um, 121.96 for me, and then you needed 160.46 points to take down the Battle Royale. But I'm going to get back in those streets. I feel like I've tightened up my process a bit this week. And I will say, obviously, you guys should be watching the Badge Bros if you're playing any significant kind of volume on Underdog. But I really enjoyed our show on Friday, off and on the clock on the Underdog Daily channel. Uh, I pinned those guys down on a late swap conversation and really getting to specifics on how you set up your swaps and how you think about your swaps if it's a day where there's multiple guys who get rolled out and then i was also talking about the things i'm doing to kind of tighten up my battle royale process and being a little heavier concentrated and trying to execute more of a intentional game plan as opposed to just willy-nilly clicking buttons so make sure you check out that episode of off and on the clock obviously some of it's geared toward week eight but a lot of it was very evergreen let's take a look at the dog bowl qualifier um i see uh the the crusher crash rich punched his ticket here jacob took it down um with a george uh george a joe burrow T Higgins, George Kittle, CMC. So this was a pretty interesting one. You do a, a a burrow skinny with T, you bring it back with both Kittle and CMC, and then you play, and then you just hit the absolute one-off nuts, Gus Edwards and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that is so sick because Gus Edwards and DeAndre Hopkins, I guess Gus Edwards started getting drafted a little bit toward the end of the week. Earlier in the week, he was going undrafted. DeAndre Hopkins was largely going undrafted. Um, So this is another really fun kind of way to think about this size contest relative to Battle Royale, right? Only 5,000 plus entries in this one. Essentially saying I'm going to get one big thing right, that this Bengals-Cincinnati game is the game you need, and then I'm going to pull two real uniqueness levers in Gus Edwards and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Pretty sick there, 144 points. Uh, Congratulations to uh, Jacob uh, P. Ladson, Sounds like a a lawyer or something uh, at the offices of Jacob P. Ladson. Um, Wood Doggy in here as well. Punches a ticket with a Sam Howell. Terry McLaurin with a bring back of Devontae Smith. And then plays a secondary stack. CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson without Dak. um, And then just a a one-off running back ETN. But you can see the differences, right? at the field sizes and the type of lineups it takes to win a 5,000 person contest versus a 100,000 plus person contest. And it's pretty stark. And you see the these teams that are winning really uh, only getting a few things right. And this, I think what's fun too about reviewing these is I would have thought, hey, you need a Gus Edwards, you need a DeAndre Hopkins, you need both of those guys. Woody, uh, Wood Doggy here didn't need that at all. Uh, just jammed in the two best Spots essentially the commanders and the Dallas offense, and then didn't make any big mistakes. All of these guys on this team, um, I guess, other than Sam Howell, were being drafted in pretty much every draft, so that's a good one. And I got to give a shout out uh, to our guy, Sniper. So this is Harbs. You guys know him from the Deposit Kingdom Discord. Really sharp dude. Uh, poker player. Uh, hangs out in the LOLs chat sometimes. Um, this is his second time that he has bubbled uh, this qualifier here. And I think I saw his tweet on Twitter. Um, he had a Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, had the Camara Gus Edwards at running back. Garrett Wilson one off. And then Kyle Pitts, sad trombone at tight end. And he said he knowingly passed on Jake Ferguson and then immediately regretted it after the draft finished. So obviously, if he has those points from Jake Ferguson, another, what, seven or eight points, he jumps up uh, and easily qualifies here to head to Miami. So uh, I apologize, uh, Harbs. You have been spot on in these qualifiers. And uh, to come up that short in something that is this top-heavy, is very painful uh so Harbs keep at it you're uh clearly on the right path but uh that definitely stings hmm my top lineup here in the dog bowl um I did have a Gus Edwards share But as you can see here, I correlated it with Zay Flowers. Um, And I was trying to hit that kind of block where this was a draft where Zay Flowers fell past ADP. I hadn't been selecting a ton of him. Um, I just don't love Zay Flowers as much in the underdog half point PPR. I certainly get the play on DraftKings, but his dot in his role is so shallow that you really need to run pure on touchdowns. I think for Zay Flowers to have kind of a, a windfall outcome, but he fell all the way to pick 41 in this draft, which was well behind his ADP. So I said, all right, I'll get my Zay Flowers share. And then I use that kind of piece to be like, all right, and now I will go all in on the Ravens offense here. And by all in, I mean, draft the only other viable late Raven after Lamar and Andrews off the board and get on Gus Edwards. Then I have Jalen Hurts stacked with Devontae Smith. I have CeeDee Lamb as my uh, pick here at 17. And then I did the same thing as (laughs) as Harbs. And I, I took Kyle Pitts instead of taking Jake Ferguson there as well. So I'm 119 points, still... Uh, It's nice to know that even if I had done Ferguson, I still would have been like 10 points off there. Um, But yeah, the Flowers pick is ultimately what sinks me. But I can't even be that upset because I don't think I take Gus Edwards if I don't take Flowers. So it is what it is. Um, Felt good about this lineup. Getting close. We'll see if uh, Underdog runs the Dog Bowl promo back this week or not. How many i only did a couple of eliminators and i do not think i have uh i do not think i have any live um where are the eliminators even i only ended up getting to do a couple of them um man weekly winners uh the the team that took it down 207 points uh the weekly winners i loved drafting these this sweat has been pretty demoralizing and by sweat I mean I haven't had one um, like my best team has 147 points and you needed 207 points there um I don't even know where the eliminators are bottom regular season below weekly winners yeah I I think I I must have uh I, I think I only had two of them and they're already eliminated so I don't think they're showing for me anymore um uh, let's see here. Yeah, still still uh still games left tonight. I will tell you, spoiler alert, I'm not covering uh 60 uh 60 points uh, of ground tonight. Um it was a pretty good uh day for my overall best ball mania portfolio. Um, you know, having Sam Howell, who is my most drafted quarterback here. If I go over and check out my overall exposures here at quarterback. Uh, Sam Howell at 14.7%. Feel pretty good about my quarterback exposures on the whole. Um, I had a very kind of overweight position in general on late round quarterback this year. So you can see Sam Howell, Jared Goff, Tua, Geno, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Russ Wilson. Wish I could swap Bryce Young for CJ Stroud. But otherwise, feel pretty good about this portfolio. So when Sam Howell is the highest scoring quarterback on the week, and he's your most overweight, uh, position at quarterback. That feels good and has certainly helped bubble up a decent amount of my teams here. I believe I am advancing at, let's see, 675 divided by 5. So I have 27 teams advancing right now out of 150. That's 18%, so slightly above average expectation Uh there. So feeling good about that. Um, I don't think... My one team that was near the top, that was the Justin Fields one. That one has come back down to earth a little bit. It's now down here in 3,000th place. I only have one team in the top 10K here, which uh, doesn't feel great. Uh would like to have some more there, but uh, feel pretty good still about the overall portfolio. Don't have um, a huge position on the Vikings this year, partly because I wasn't getting a lot of influencer 101s, partly because I was taking... Quinton Johnston over Jordan Addison, which was a bad thing to do, but might ultimately end up working out there. Wasn't taking the Vikings running back. So I don't think I'm going to feel the hit of Kirk Cousins being removed as much as I otherwise would have. Um, obviously devastating news. If you were heavily invested in the Vikings there, I think it's going to get very, very ugly unless they're able to like cry Jacoby Brissett away from the commanders or something. Um, I was laughing that this team that I drafted on the uh, marathon show with uh, Kitchen and Maddox has now climbed into second place. And it's because we took uh, DeAndre Hopkins here. I don't know if you guys remember this draft that I did with Davis and Kitchen, but Everyone hated every single pick, like Davis and Kitching could not agree on these. Um, This team does lose Kirk Cousins, probably going to lose Ryan Tannehill. So this team is already dead because it's just going to be anchored by Matthew Stafford. Um, But I still think it's funny that this team here which actually is kind of fine at running back gibbs swift gibson gainwell and jerome ford wide receivers aj brown jalen waddle deandre hopkins jordan addison bateman van jefferson and michael wilson and tj hawkinson so this is the team i'm talking about that's all heavy on vikings that's just dead dead you lose kirk you lose uh you know jordan addison's rookie career or uh, rookie years probably derailed now and then tj hawkinson so it was fun while it lasted Kitchen. And uh, in Matic shout out to Steph has three in the top 10. I only did 70 BBMs. That is a very nice hit rate there. Um, Let's see. Finding value. My favorite team had a rich and cousins fun team, but this is the way of best ball. You know what? I would kind of, of all the different kinds of blades to get, I would prefer that quick blade, right? Like you can just fully write it off. All right. That team had Kirk cousins and Anthony Richardson. It's dead, dead. What's worse is when you have this sick team And then you're like, now I'm down to just one quarterback for the year. And so there's enough hope to still string you along. But realistically, you're like, there's no way this thing is successfully traversing the playoff gauntlet. Um, So yeah, I'd rather have just the team be dead, dead than have any kind of hope. Like here's another team. I see Minnesota here. Um... Uh, I keep saying how I don't have a ton of Minnesota teams, and then all of the teams I'm pulling up today have Minnesota. Um, But here is another team that's Cousins and Purdy um, with no wide receivers from the Vikings, just a skinny with Hawkinson. This Again, this is probably a team that's not going to be able to survive it with just Brock Purdy. If this was a three-quarterback team, it probably could survive it. Um, because tight ends, I still have Laporta and Mayer. You can survive that. No Minnesota wide receivers here, although I was forced to take Juju Smith-Schuster, apparently. Running backs, eh, whatever. I'm riding off this team anyways. That's the thing, too, of, you know, thinking about advance rates, right? Like, I'm sure all of us have a few of these teams where we look at... You know the team that's in first, this team's in first right now, but there's no way this holds. There's no way this holds. But on the flip side, there's probably a bunch of third and fourth place teams that are surging right now, um, which is makes it hard to kind of you know holistically understand the portfolio, which is why I do like looking at uh some of the tools. This is the one that Neil Farley uh had built for me that had the very um, provocative violin plots that he had since gotten rid of, or maybe he put them back. We'll find out here in a second while this refreshes. I also want to shout out, I pulled this up um, from Patrick Donovan. He built his own BBM4 leaderboard. And what's really cool about this is you can click on the team and then immediately see what the team looks like. So this is the team in first place right now. I'll zoom in here. It's a Jalen Hurts... Uh, Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, a three quarterback build with Jalen Hurts. Um, gonna be getting Kyler Murray back hopefully in the next couple weeks. Then running backs Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, AJ Dillon, Devon Achan, and Raheem Mostert. Um, so this thing, the fact that it's in first without getting games from David Montgomery and Achan the past couple weeks is pretty impressive. Wide receivers Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith, George Pickens, Cortland Sutton, Zay Jones, Adam Thielen, Curtis Samuel, and Michael Wilson. Um, about as perfect as you can do as far as dancing around all of the landmines and hitting, um, the league winners, Thielen, Samuel there, and then two tight ends, TJ Hawkinson and Gerald Everett. So that is your first place team right now. Uh, very impressive there. Are any of you guys in the chat in the top, uh, 50 or so of the leaderboard? I'll pull up your team if you are. Hmm. Um, oh, we do have Neil in the chat. Neil, did you get rid of the, uh, did you bring back the violin plots? It looks like you did. He brought back the box plot. I like this. See, see, Neil is very responsive to feedback. Um, first everyone got all horny on main for them. Then he took them off. And then I told him the people revolted and he brought it back. Uh, so there's the box plots here. Um, don't like seeing my histogram of places now have a lot of teams in, uh, in ninth place. Here, I did think one thing that was interesting when I was looking at the overall data tables here, um, one thing I like about these tools that Neil spun up is I can see the pick where I picked for my first place teams here, and my top scoring teams, I should say. Um, you can see almost all of them in the top seven. So my top 10 teams, none of them had a later pick than seven, which is kind of interesting, right? Because this year, a lot of those top seven picks Um, other than Justin Jefferson, have been hitting at a pretty good rate. We've gotten the mega weeks from Jamar Chase, from CMC, from Tyreek Hill, um, from Austin Eckler, uh, Cooper Cup as well. So those top seven picks have been nice, especially because right after that, you're in the Bijan territory. I guess AJ Brown is kind of probably the lone guy back there that's been absolutely destroying. Um, I was just talking about how some of the first place teams are going to die. I just noticed I have a team... One of my highest-scoring teams is actually in third place here. Um, this this team that has 999 points is in third place. Um, or I hadn't been sorting by team, but yeah, here it is: top 11 and still not qualifying. So hopefully that one can get in here. All right, I'll let I'll let you guys get it out of your system right now. Hmm. Move my face. I'm sorry guys. We, we go through a ton of different, uh, screen shares here. Um, and, uh, <laughs> here we go. Let me go back so you guys could see. There you go. Let me see. Was it like this before I was censoring it? It was an inadvertent, but, uh, intentional sensor. Here you go. There you go. Do you want me to zoom in again? Is that what you guys want? You guys are sick. You guys are sick. I'm going to pour more coffee while you guys look at this box plot. Let's see if there's any other uh, interesting teams here. In second place, we have a Jalen hurts Bryce Young team. Um, It is interesting to see the players that are most uh, frequented at the top. So we see another Travis Etienne. Um, Alvin Kamara here. That makes sense that Kamara teams are going to start bubbling up to the top. Tyree kill seems like a fixture of some of these top teams. He's been the both um, the high ceiling and consistent producer. I guess him and CMC at the top. Um, Devonte Smith. We're now starting to see a little bit after his game, man, these, these wide receivers, like after Tyreek Hill and Devontae Smith, these are like all receivers I did not draft at all. Michael Thomas, Alan Lazard, Van Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Rashid Shaheed, and Puka. Um, but man, hitting on like this last three here, you, what, what's my saying? You got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. You got to draft a few Alan Lazards and Van Jeffersons to end up on Adam Thielen, Rashid Shaheed, and Puka Nakua. And then George Kittle, Tyler Conklin at tight end. Hmm. Ace Viper in third place here. Another Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, to a pretty dominant quarterback combo. Another ETN. He's definitely proving to be a league winner um, from this late fourth round spot. Then you get Swift, Kamara, Jerome Ford, Mostert. Man, that is a sick running back room. Um, these wide receivers look a little bit more like I would draft. Um, this Adam Thielen needle, man. Um, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith. How many teams have started Tyreek Hill, Devontae Smith? I guess it speaks to... Tyreek Hill carrying these top teams, and then that means you're picking at the back end of the second round. There were a ton of landmines in the back end of the second round Calvin Ridley, T Higgins, etc. Devontae Smith now giving you a couple spike weeks here. Brandon Ayuk at 5 4 is a league winner. Nico Collins at 10 9, I think, is still um, easily paying off his draft costs. Rondell Moore, 11 4, is giving us a couple spike weeks. Gallup and then Phelan. This Thielen pick is like the late round skeleton key to having a top team. Nelson Aguilar is a pretty sick, sick 18th round pick. He's given you a couple of usable weeks. Kyle Pitts, Tyler Conklin, Cade Otten, a little tight end by committee there. Oh no. Walrus balls falling to 170th. This is why you can't go chasing walrus balls. Let's look at one more here, and then we will uh we'll do the giveaway. Um, another team that has Tua. This one is a Tua Sam Howell, Bryce Young, Travis Etienne, Kenneth Walker, Brian Robinson, Raheem Mostert, Kyron Williams. So, yeah, this is the first Kyron Williams team we've seen in the top now. Um, those teams probably falling back down to earth a little bit. Tyreek Hill again, but wow, got Devonte Adams at 2 9. So, a Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams slide there. Jahan Dotson, man. Um, pretty much a landmine pick, um, but then comes back from the dead yesterday. Um, Shout out Sam Howell for bringing Jahan Dotson along for the ride. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Jonathan Mingo, Adam Thielen, and then has the uh, bully tied in with Mark Andrews and George Kittle. This is fascinating, right? Because if you would have showed me this team and you said, Peter, what place do you think this team is in? I would have been like, eh. I bet it's top 1,000. You know, I I bet it's like a good team. There's good players on here. But I would have looked at Dotson, Bateman, Odell, Mingo, Fournette, um, and I would have been like, there's no way this team is top five. That's pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, the running backs uh, are pretty solid. And again, it also speaks to how important like the spike weeks are right where you're getting those big kyron williams weeks like just getting 14 to 15 points that consistency that's not how you get a team in the top five you really need those spike weeks so even though Devonte adams has been boom bust we have seen him pop off for the big games um and then adam thielen forever you know needling me here mm. All right, let's do, um, let's do the giveaway here. Um, and as mentioned guys, this was on the, uh, on Friday show with JM. So this year, one week season, um, they did this cool thing for their existing subs where they gave them a, uh, a code to give to a friend just for free to try out one week seasons for, uh, I think it's a year subscription. So it would be for the rest of the year. Um, And so pretty cool thing. And then a few of you guys had reached out to me. My guy, Jason uh, Lundar, who was in the chat said, Hey, I have these codes. If you'd like to give them away, uh, I'd be happy to do so. So uh, that was very nice of you guys. So I got two codes to give away. And then we did it for whoever was correct about identifying players that were going to be in the Millie. So shout out to the Light of Truth, Epic, Fun Tasks, Mutton Chop, Yaz, uh, Brian Severson, Josh Gerlach, Eric, seven, eight, six, six, zero short sleep. Zero one Millhouse eight, nine, nine, nine. And of course everyone's favorite copper prices here. Uh, so I'm going to shuffle this a couple times and we will draw two winners here. Ooh, geez. Kendrick Bourne, uh, torn ACL. That's awful. He was like their lone bright spot on offense. And of course. Of course, uh Copper here uh takes this one down. Copper, do you already have a one-week season? Yeah, he it was the the dude just keeps winning. It's two dog bowls. Just too good. Just too good. Um, all right. Uh Copper takes down the first one. DM me Copper. I'll get you that code if you don't already have a one-week sub. Perfect. I will get you squared away. And it looks like Josh. Josh Gerlach 6132 You win the other one uh, Copper I know where to find you Josh I don't know if I recognize your name Uh, If you are uh, On Twitter Or Discord DM me um, Or leave a fresh comment On this video On where to contact you And uh, I will make sure To get you that Discount code To check out One Week Season Um, The One Week Season For those of you guys Who didn't win um, They do have it up to 40% off If you guys want to Check it out Um jm has been very very dialed in uh this year i was reading his morning update on sunday he's the one that got me on uh or having more conviction on sam howell um he had kind of shifted and he said sam howell was his most overweight qb he said etn and camaro were his highest exposure, uh, running backs. And obviously AJ Brown was his favorite wide receiver play. So JM, uh, very dialed in these days. Love doing the show with him on Fridays. You can get 40% off a one week season sub with promo code Pete 40. Also want to give a shout out to, uh, the YouTube members here as well. Um, you guys have heard me mention it, but just in case, um, if you become a YouTube member, the hand builder and Opto bro, you get three things. You get um two extra dfs shows a week so i do dfs after dark on saturday night it's an interview show sometimes uh hanging out with old friends like mike leone or catching up with people that i haven't done shows with like neil orfield from stochastic a couple weeks ago we talk uh about dfs life uh content all kinds of stuff and then we build a lineup had a fun show with leone on saturday speaking of evergreen stuff he gave me some really good tips on how to use ETR solver for the Sims. I know a bunch of you guys have been using it. Some really good ideas for how to kind of comb through lineups, various combinations and make sure you're landing on solid plus EV lineups. So check out that. And then you also get the Sunday cram. So Sunday mornings at 10 45 a.m. We walk through uh, the GPP slate. We talk through all the overnight news, the latest ownership steam. We go position by position, looking at the best GPP plays. I need to get off the schneid with my uh, Gold Star locks coming off of back-to-back whiffs after a pretty hot start to the season. We had the Josh Downs. We had the Travis Etienne. um, But now we came back down to earth with the George Pickens and Tutu Call. We'll try to get that back on track and then you also get access to the discord um we got the handbuilder optobro discord we share um all of the top showdown plays in there each night I'll share the opto and the top leverage and EV plays from Simrunner the run the Sims tool for helping you guys make a solid showdown lineup so all of that uh for you YouTube members here on the channel appreciate all of you guys supporting us here I'm going to head out to Sirius XM Right now, I am on there Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, 11 to 1. Um, enjoy Monday night football tonight. I'll be back uh, tomorrow afternoon for the club. And then we'll get rolling again with week 9. Uh, Swolecast, Lulz, uh, Ship Chasing Thursday Night Party. Uh, that one has been a ton of fun if you guys haven't tuned in for that. And then Friday, Block Party, and Off and On the Clock. You know, just the grind. Just the grind of the NFL season. Hopefully, we can get back in the winner's column next week. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Shout out to producer Phil helping me as well behind the hopper. I'll see you guys next time.